I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the movie Chaos Walking, we break down Nine Perfect Strangers, and talk about our watches of the week. So remember to rate, review, and follow us because that really helps us out here on the show. So stick around and listen. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Episode 10, here we are. Uh, I mean, our movie review, as those who've been following along know, is going to be Chaos Walking. But uh, to kick things off is, I guess, now a tradition. We're 10 episodes in, so we like to talk about... What we've watched this week, and JD will be proud to hear that I did start Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yes. Finally, (laughs) we can talk about this. So I've only done one episode so far, and I will say, it it has exceeded my expectations. I don't know why, when I first saw it, it looked a little... uh, You know when shows (laughs) have that, you know broadcast tv kind of series look to them you know just very clean very and polished CBS, it, it feels yeah. manufactured and you're yeah. like whenever i see a look like that i'm always immediately kind of turned off but it was it was kind of refreshing it was fun like yeah. steve martin was good i mean martin short was good and even even selena gomez i told you i and was pleasantly surprised by her performance her performance was great so i need to keep watching because i now there's is it four or five episodes that have There's been released? There's like five episodes right now. So episode six will be coming out Tuesday. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's campy. It's a little tongue in cheek. It feels very like traditional kind of murder mystery detective series noir. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. And, and it feels it feels new. It feels kind of like a fresh idea a little it bit. It is. Yeah. For like 2021, I feel like we strayed so far from these more classic kind of you know ideas and sometimes it's nice to just bring that back around and then put it in a modern setting so i enjoyed it so what did you watch this week jade so i finally watched season two of into the night it was six (gasps) episodes um it was good it was definitely good i was a little disappointed simply because the main chunk of this entire season was just really relegated to like one location and then there was mainly the whole thing was just infighting um and yeah infighting leads you know helps build plot but i wanted a bigger more serious like thing because the whole first season is them trying to run from the sun and figure out like where to go how to save themselves season two is just kind of like it's a lot of infighting at this base and i was kind of like okay well i don't really care about this like soldier on a power trip like i want you know i want them to deal with the sun issues so i mean they definitely left it off for a big season three so I think this might have just been their build-up season. You know, this is another one that's been in my queue as well. And this this is foreign language, correct? Yes, yeah, so it's Belgian. But it's actually really interesting because I rewatched the first season in preparation for the second season, and I realized how many of the characters actually speak multiple languages. Interesting. Yeah, so like one girl uh, speaks Italian. They have two characters that speak uh, Arabic. One speaks Turkish. uh, One speaks Russian. One speaks Flemish. One speaks uh, Polish. So it's very diverse in that sense. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like... You know, I, you know I, I have another show that I want to talk about in just a minute uh, that I watched this week. But really, 
I'm a big sports fan, so I spent a lot of this week, Jade, uh, you know, not uh, watching what I would normally watch on either Hulu or <laughs> Netflix and actually watching NFL because oh. it was a kickoff of the NFL season on Thursday. And I'm in a, like a billion fantasy leagues. I know this is not a fantasy podcast, but uh, <laughs> I spent a yeah. good chunk of my week uh, doing drafts. So I've been all into NFL and, and haven't committed as much time. Can't relate. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we can do like a little mini set on the end. Just talk about like all my draft choices and see if they'll work oh, out. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. that's really going to raise the viewership Get back here. To me during hockey season, <laughs> that we could do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, anything else that you watched this week, Jade? Um, yeah. So I also watched. Um... <laughs> He's the man. Oh, oh no, no, he's goodness. all that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's all, all that. that. Yeah, I know what you meant. On, I know yeah, what you yeah. meant. Yeah. On Netflix with Addison Ray and Taylor Buchanan from Cobra Kai. And oh my God, I, you know, I watched it to give it a chance to be yeah. like, you know, sure. I'm, I was so ready to poo poo it because Addison Ray, the TikToker, I was like, why is she in a movie? And I was sadly correct. And oh. it just, it wasn't. Oh, no. The worst thing I've ever seen, but it was basically. We've seen some terrible things. That's why. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it was essentially, it felt like a Disney Channel original movie. There was oh, overacting. No. There wasn't real, a lot of real emotion. Like, and Addison Ray just. And this is not to like knock on her. I don't know her as a person. I mean, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, is it because that's that was my first immediate thought yes. when I saw this. Is Addison Ray worth it to watch as no, a serious actress? She has a long <laughs> way to go. She needs an acting coach. And it's not like she was just totally bad, but it's her emotional range is not there. Mm. Like her being sad was like a mm, oh, ooh, God. I'm sad. And like her like being mad is like, huh, huh. I'm mad. Like, you know what I mean? And I was this like... This is not TikTok. This is yeah. an actual TV show. Right. That so, people pay money. They yeah. subscribe to and see good movies the, and shows. The young girl that they have to play Taylor Buchanan's younger sister has this very emotional scene where she produces very real tears. And mm. it's actually the most heart-wrenching part of the whole movie. And I was like, why is this like 14-year-old girl 10 times better than... The Addison Ray, who's probably top build, maybe like, because acting's a little bit harder than most people think it is. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> so, and of course, this is the other thing: is this entire movie was literally just a, a time. A, a whole commercial. It was a sponsorship. Ugh. There was, I mean, it was so obvious. It was like Core Water, Pizza Hut, KFC, Old Navy. Like You mean all the brands that no one actually goes to anymore? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, the entire movie was just a vehicle for ads. And God. then they, of course, were like, well, Addison Ray's a TikToker, so... At one point, they had her dance and sing, um, and she's like doing TikTok dances. So what you're telling me is that this was a movie written by boomers who think they know what millennials and Gen Zers want. Absolutely, God, yeah. They were like, no disappointment. Gen Z is gonna love this. And I'm like, this is not what teenagers are actually doing. This is no, what no, they no. want. They didn't say that because you know boomers don't actually know about Gen Z. So they say this is what the millennials, <laughs> millennials want, want when they're talking about 14 year olds, and it's like Absolutely. you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then of course they had a scene where Taylor Buchanan had to show off his martial arts skills because he's on Cobra he's Kai. He's on Cobra Kai. So um, I did appreciate you know having Rachel Lee Cook and Matthew Lillard in it. They mm. were always fun when they were on the screen, but <laughs> bad. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll probably be skipping that then. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I did have it kind of like lingering in my list just because of, you know, same. She, you know, she's all that, you know, like, it's yeah, classic it 99 movie. Know. Oh, that's disappointing. Movie review. First look. 
our movie review is Chaos Walking, which is streaming now on Hulu. And it, of course, stars uh, Daisy Ridley from Star, Star Wars, Wars, at least the new version of Star Wars as we know it. <laughs> yes. And also... Um, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. You know, Spider-Man. You know, you know what I've been wanting to say? I don't know why. I've been wanting to say uh, Hiddleston. I don't know why I want to say okay, that every same. time I see his face. I completely understand. It doesn't help that they're both British. Their yes. last, last names both start with an H. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Jay, this, you kind of picked this movie out. You drew my attention to it. I have a yeah. few initial thoughts, but what, what was your first take on this movie? I thought it was a super interesting concept. Um, and I think, like, when watching it, I think this could have been just a little bit more polished and the story a little bit cleaner. But overall, like, I thought it was a good sci-fi flick. Um, we got some good action scenes. The conflict was really good. So overall, this was a really enjoyable film. I think the casting choices were good. You know, yeah. like, uh, another person we didn't bring up was Mad Mickelson. Uh, yes. I'm a big fan of his. And I think his role in this really elevated the acting in the movie he, he really did i mean i i think that really made it great um and i have to agree with you i think that you know some parts of the movie were really original were really interesting and i'd love wish they had explored more and then mm-hmm. i feel like the rest of it were just kind of sci-fi tropes that they were just like well this is what a sci-fi movie is so we're just going to throw that in and people yeah. are familiar with it and there we go right you know we'll talk about this more when we get into the movie review portion but I think Nick Jonas was wasted in this movie. He was completely wasted. I thought that too. I read in my notes and I was like, why would you bill someone like Nick Jonas who barely had any scenes? And I also died because I was reading some of the trivia and they said that he spent about four months, no, seven months, seven months perfecting his Southern accent. And I was like, he has all of what, 10 lines? I I was just, Jade... (laughs) I literally, it's so funny you said that. I had that written down. I said, Nick Jonas has 10 lines in this whole movie. Like, that's what I wrote down. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, look, I I think the scenes he read, he was fine. He's good. But we really didn't get enough about, we don't know enough about his character. He wasn't interesting. Anyway. Random movie topic. You know, before we dive into our movie review, I kind of wanted to do a two for one review today because, Jade, (laughs) I, 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 again, took your advice. I binge, aside from doing fantasy football, aside from NFL and, you know, watching the first episode of Only Murders in the Building, I binge watched all six episodes of Nine Perfect Strangers. Yes. Yes. This, we need to deep dive into this because (laughs) this is easily the best show I've seen on Hulu this year. Yeah. It is so good. It's This show is what White Lotus should have been. And on top of that, like uh, the actors, the first of all, the level of the actors that they got, these are all phenomenal so performers. A-listers. Pretty much everyone's an A-lister in this in this show. They are. And they bring it, you know, like the, every single one of them embody their characters and they just, I mean, every episode i'm like clinging on to like what's what's going on with these characters who are they they are going to throw emmys at the show i mean it is it is like they're just going to show it's going to be like nominated for 96 emmys because i mean i think easily half of the actors could be nominated for the acting performances oh my god the directing is phenomenal i mean literally there's nothing about the show that i can think of that is a downfall in any way It, it you know it's so good you know and and here's what i i enjoyed about it you know, you have the top build characters or, or actors, actresses in this show 
are probably Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy. Right. right? I mean, there's plenty of other people we can talk about. you can tell by the poster. But you would (laughs) think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. If you watch, have seen any of the trailers or if you've seen any of the art, it's always Nicole Kidman and then Melissa Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. (laughs) But, you know, I would think just from not having had watched this, you know, if I, I went back in time and said, you know, I haven't watched this film, that Nicole Kidman is going to be the star of this whole right. series. Melissa McCarthy is by far has the best performance in the oh, show. She's incredible. I think this is a performance that we really get to see by her where she is funny, but genuine and dramatic and honest. And like, she's just so well-rounded as a character in this. And she brings it in every single scene. Like, I'm most excited to watch her. Yeah, I, she's my favorite character, I think, in this whole thing and her development as a character. But because you know, she plays the character of Frances in mm-hmm. this and she's an aspiring, well, she's a famous writer, but yeah. can, trying to continue her work. You know, I, I agree. You know, I think it's so many times we get Melissa McCarthy now as Melissa McCarthy because everyone mm-hmm. expects her to be funny and they expect her to be funny in a certain way. You know, right. like there's a certain type of humor that goes along with her as an actress. Yeah. You get little glimpses of that in this show, but right. it's dramatic in a non-sarcastic way. Like there's yeah. some really deep scenes. I, I One of my favorite lines here from her character is... She's sitting at one point and there's a lot of this is a this whole show is a retreat. So these nine (laughs) people have to go to this retreat and they all have some kind of trauma that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I can't remember the character that approaches her, but they ask her a question and she just says, oh, I was just sitting here having a quiet moment of despair. And I'm not giving this line justice because she says it with like this inflection that's both a little bit sarcastic and just a little bit sad. Like, yes. it, it is just, well, the delivery is so all of perfect. her kind of sarcastic, funny lines are traced with truth and sadness, you know? And, like, that's what makes her performance in this, like, so phenomenal is because she can balance those two emotions with just one line, you know? And it's really incredible. And it's surprising to me that Nicole Kidman really falls flat. I, I 100% agree. I mean, Nicole Kidman in this show, I don't... So again, the most of the action or most of the story revolves around the nine, we'll just call them patients, the yeah. nine patients mm-hmm. at this resort. And then you also have the three other cast members who are essentially the workers and Nicole Kidman, who's kind of the grand master or the, the right. mystical. She owns being, the retreat. She's yeah. the one that is in charge of, I guess, their program or whatever. And I guess she's supposed to be, you know, I mean, her kind of her backstory is she used to be this, you know, businesswoman beforehand, like this really high strung businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of had some spiritual realization. I won't give away, you know, all those plot points, but she's also Russian for some reason and has this horrible Russian accent, which doesn't make any sense. I thought that was weird casting because I was like, okay, so the character is Russian and you cast Nicole Kidman, who's already Australian and she can do a great American accent, as we already know, but then now you're asking her to do Russian. Russian accent. And her Russian accent is just not great. It's not good. That's... I mean, you, I know you wanted the, this top build actress, but if her accent is shit, either don't make her Russian it didn't or need to get be that. someone else. It, yeah. it didn't. I don't think the accent was needed. Well, I, and that's the thing is like, that's fine. She could still be Russian, but just not straight from Russia with an accent. You yeah. Know? Like, no, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, Jade, I, I know you've also watched, you know, we're six episodes now into an eight season, mm-hmm. uh, you know, show, and there's two more left in subsequent weeks. But... 
I find myself, because you get different storylines in all the episodes, and it mainly focuses on the nine patients, but then you also get storylines from Masha, who is Nicole Kidman's character, mm-hmm. and, the, and the other two uh, staff members. I yeah. find myself not enjoying oh. the staff member storylines. No. They just distract. Every time they cut to them and their like interpersonal relationship issues, I'm like, why are we here? I don't care about this. I think they're trying to set up the one woman um, because she's, I guess, like bipolar. Oh, yeah. And so they think that maybe she's having issues and having difficulties. So like they're kind of like concerned for her. And I think they're trying to set her up as possibly someone who's going to cause something grand in the end. But it's just not it's yeah. not building for me. Well, even Nicole Kidman's character, Masha, has this deeper, dark secret. And there's right. threats being made against her from a mysterious source. Yeah. And even that storyline is not interesting to me. No. I don't care about that. Well, and they also make it the back burner, which makes me feel like it's not important. I'm exactly. I'm more interested in what this protocol or program is for them and where these characters are supposed to end up in the end with like her way of healing them or um, you know, helping them is very interesting and that's what causes a lot of like in each episode for each character have these kind of breakthroughs um so i'm just i'm more curious to see what ends up happening at the end with them and jade you know you did mention that and i would agree with you that this is what you wanted white lotus to be and and, i mean this my first i watched one episode and that was my immediate thought because you know i this is listed as a limited series cuz it is based on a book um, right. by the same author who did what was the other big Nicole? little lies big little lies yes, it's Leanne Moriarty. and you can kind of see that like if you've watched big little lies you get mm-hmm. some of those same elements you're like okay this feels familiar you know as right. a story but uh you know i, I can't remember where i was going with jay <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're maybe no. you're trying to get at is uh, the maybe the characters and kind of like building yes. up. Yes, so something. that's where I was going. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I started going off on a train of thought. I haven't had a lot of sleep, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, what it says it's a limited series. But you know, depending on how this series ends, I would love to see it as something where maybe it's done again with like an a completely di- an anthology with a completely yeah. different set of characters because this was, I mean. I'm captivated by the show now. Like, easily. oh my god, it's fascinating. Yeah, and I love this concept of getting to know all these different people who have all these different issues and like bringing those secrets and those deep seated traumas to light. Because um, like this, we do, we kind of learn all these different things about the characters throughout the series and like what they're holding on to. And the more you learn, the more you're like, oh my god, like this is, you know, it. It's incredible. It's dramatic. It's yeah, bombshell. It, like yeah. there's a bombshell in every single episode. Oh, and it's not yeah. it's not always one of those things where you're like, oh, I saw that coming. Like it's some of the obvious. shit is like, holy sh like yeah. what? <laughs> like holy oh my shit. God. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, and I want to talk about just briefly some of the other characters. We have Bobby, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna really butcher his name. Uh Canavale? Canavale. Canavale. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you would recognize he's an actor, I feel like folks recognize him from a lot of things. I mean, I would probably best describe him as from Boardwalk Empire. He was in mm-hmm. that show. Recently, um, he's in Super Intelligence, Super Intelligence and Thunder yep. Force, both with Melissa McCarthy. He's also in Nurse Jackie. Um, he's He plays in a lot of different plays in a lot. He was in The Irishman, too, yeah. one of the recent movies. Uh, he played a character in that. But he, he, he one of his roles that he's typecasted as a lot is kind of like an Italian tough guy or yep. mobster kind of a character <laughs> yes. a lot of the time. But... His performance here, I feel like, and I didn't watch Nurse Jackie, but 
is very different from a lot of things we've seen him in. Like he actually plays again a more serious, not typecasted role mm-hmm. where he gets kind of emotional and dramatic and the scenes that he and Melissa McCarthy are in I mean, I know they've been in other movies before, but I don't feel like they've been in movies in the same way, like, or shows. Well, and they steal the show for me. Whenever the two of them are in a scene together, like, I'm really just focusing on them. Like, their chemistry is amazing, and their acting is incredible, and they, again, like, he does a lot like what Melissa McCarthy does, where he has this kind of sarcasm, but it's still laced with, like, that sadness, and there's just something else to it, Um, and, you know, he's also very hard to open up as well, so I love in this series the way they kind of slowly crack him open, and you learn, like, what his trauma is, and, yeah, he just does a wonderful job. Yeah, and like I said, the the scenes that they're in, I'm probably the most interested, and I feel like their relationship, you know, across all the characters has probably evolved the most, you know, from where they started in episode one to where they are now in episode six. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I want to mention just a few more characters uh, here. I mean, uh, Michael Shannon's in this, who, again, another Boardwalk Empire, uh, you know, (laughs) graduate (laughs) or however you want to say, alumni. (laughs) Uh, But he's been in so many things as well. I mean, uh, he's in everything. Shape of Water. uh, Oh, yeah. Shape of Water. I forgot he was in that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's in so he's one of those actors that like can also blend the background and Agreed. Yeah, but he's like literally in everything. You know what I I don't like about his character though in this is I feel like I've seen this character from him before, like at least parts of it. But I don't want to like downgrade what he does in this. I still feel like he gives a great performance as he he plays the dad of the Macroni family. That's yeah. what they're called. There's mm-hmm. there's their part. There are three people that make up the nine strangers. So it's him, his wife, and daughter. Yeah. Yeah, he's good in this in the sense that like I don't typically get to see him as like kind of goofy and he's a little True. goofy in this and um, you know it's he's kind of your typical like nerdy goofy dad who just is trying to like keep the family together with nothing but jokes and lighthearted, you know quips <laughs> but then he has some really emotional moments oh that really kind of when break they, out of that character yeah when he really gets deep into his stuff I I mean I probably cry every episode I'm very sensitive. <laughs> well, then, of course, I don't want to leave without talking about Regina Hall, who, again, gives another great performance. And actually, really, I mean, I think I recognize her the most from, like, the Scary Movie yeah, trilogy. Yeah, people do, yeah. Right? Like, that's <laughs> where you Brenda. know her <laughs> But, and she gives, you know, a more comical scary. But in this one, she's, she can be comical in times, but she's terrifying. I actually really love her performance in this because she her character is so like complex and you know they they make her this uh, she's like a little crazy like what you would think she's of a, a lot crazy yeah. well like and um and she you know and, but she has valid reason when she comes out with like her stuff and i was like girl i might be in the same boat <laughs> but um but she just she's that person she's just this thing where like she's always on edge but she's like soft like softly yep. on edge and it's actually it's just a hard balance really when you think about it in terms of acting to kind of keep that and i think she's the underrated character that we still don't know enough about that i think in the end she's gonna something really... scary gonna come out of her character because yeah. you know yeah. we, we i don't want to give away any you know plot points in this because there's two episodes left but she you know obviously what we find in like episode one that she's there because her husband left her for a younger woman right and more and more starts to come out and she really hasn't dealt with it well like you think at first like oh she's going through just a little bit of trauma but she gets violent at times and you see these little snaps yeah you're like very "Mm, easily something's gonna happen with her that's yeah and even if you look at if you glance down the next two episodes the little teasers you get some 
some images of her, and I'm like, she is going to do something nuts. Yeah, like. I keep waiting for something more to happen with her. <laughs> and of course, I have to mention one more person, and that is uh, Manny Jusinto. Jacinto. 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 Is that how you say it? Um, Jacinto. But yeah. <laughs> he plays the character of Yao in this, which is one of the staff members. Um, but. I probably I think Jade, you and I know him best I think from knows him Manny from... from the Good Place, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because this is a very, I would say, dramatic role that's very different from his very character. very different. Yeah, yeah, in the Good Place, but at the same time, it almost parallels it because in the Good Place, for the first half of that, he was tr- pretending to be like this monk. Yep, and then. It's very similar to the kind of how he is in um, this series where because everything's based in like a lot of Eastern practices for like spiritual and like wellness. And so it just feels like a little bit of a parallel. Yeah. I mean, because he plays essentially the monk character, like a very, you know, meditative thoughtful yeah, kind of person lot, do you think like, do you yeah. think in some ways when they were casting him they thought this might be a little nod to the good place i kind of thought the same thing or they just maybe already had him in mind because they were like oh he did a really good job doing that in the good place <laughs> so basically what we're telling you is if you haven't started watching nine perfect strangers you definitely should you're going to hear more about this when the series is over and when award season comes around again oh, for sure I mean, this is going i mean We've said you know, our favorite actors and actresses in this, Melissa McCarthy and Bobby Cavanale. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I mean, literally everyone in this show gives an amazing performance. Oh, yeah. So go out and watch it. It's streaming on Hulu now. Uh, there's two more episodes left. And w- one more thing before we leave, I want to say, uh, Jade, is I think they missed an opportunity not making this nine episodes instead of eight. Oh, absolutely. I mean, nine perfect strangers. Should have been nine, nine episodes. episodes. Yeah, no, I agree. But um, I don't know. I guess they decided eight was enough to wrap it up. doesn't feel like it to me by episode. Well, six, I guess we'll so. see in a couple of weeks. We'll do another recap and, and kind of see where we are at the end of the series. Right. But Well, anything else before we uh, toss it to a break? Yeah, just I think this is a, a way to show like Leanne Moriarty is absolutely killing it with her books being adapted in Hollywood. And I feel like I'm at this point where like now I just want to read everything that she makes because I think it's going to turn into Emmy award winning shows. I'm going to order Nine Perfect Strangers, the book, like right after the show on Amazon, like 100%. (laughs) Seriously. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our movie review of Chaos Walking. So now for the movie review of Chaos Walking, which is streaming now on Hulu and before we get into that, Jade, you know what I've realized is I don't have a podcasting voice. Like, I've started listening to more podcasts as we've been doing this show, and like I feel like all <laughs> of them are like, chaos walking, streaming now 
on Hulu. <laughs> well, I feel like those are the more like scripted podcasts. You are know? they? Like, like yeah, like the news ones and stuff like that. That's true. But I feel like when it's you're that NPR tone, I feel like that's what all like popular podcasts, or at least a lot of popular podcasts, really play off. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the more like conversational ones, such as like the one that we do, is pretty <laughs> casual, like we do. I could talk like this and do something low, like Phoebe from Criminal. But Ooh, I like that. And be like, yeah, we should do a whole podcast like that. Sometimes, see if they still recognize us. But anyway, <laughs> so the movie that we we watched, actually, Jade, I watched this show because I've been traveling this week. This movie right before we started recording, so oh I, it, I'm very fresh, very fresh. into it. Nice. Um, you know, just to quickly run down the list of people we all know: Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley are the top two. Uh, they play the characters of Todd and Viola. One of my favorites, I already mentioned, Mad Mads, Mads. Mickelson. Uh, <laughs> may, he plays the mayor or Mayor Prentice. 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 Yep, David uh, Prentice. And then, of course, we have Nick Jonas, who plays the mayor's son. Uh, <laughs> Davy. We'll talk about more. <laughs> some thoughts on him but uh you know do we want to kind of set the scene here first jade and just kind of talk a little bit about uh, the synopsis of this film yeah so in the not too distant future todd hewitt discovers viola a mysterious girl who crash lands on his planet where all the women have disappeared and the men are afflicted by the noise a force that puts all their thoughts on display in this dangerous landscape viola's life is threatened and as todd vows to protect her he will have to discover his own inner power and unlock the planet's dark secrets dun 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 (laughs) (laughs) so we start off so to kind of play off that we start off in what's just called the New World, I think. Right. And yeah. it's, it's the year 2257, I believe, is what we see in the title card in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And right away, we start to see the character Todd, who's again played by Tom Holland, uh, you know, just kind of, I think he's kind of out in the woods, just kind he's of wandering just around. He's walking through the woods with his dog. And you see, which is kind of the coolest part. So you see, start to be introduced to this concept that we come to know as the noise, right. where he's both verbalizing some things to his dog and also just thinking them. Yeah. Uh, and and they're, the, the noise is kind of manifested in this, like, I don't know how to describe it's it. It's like Ethereal. colorful, like light kind of looks like almost like smoke that surrounds him and it grows with different types of thoughts more expressive thoughts it seems to kind of manifest in different ways depending on how strong your thoughts are true and it's not at first like if you watch the trailer you think that that this concept is just audio that it's just people being able to hear your thoughts but you're also able to kind of visualize them in some way yeah it seems like they can project images of either memories or specific thoughts even fantasies um and at one point uh, we learn when Todd creates a snake that they can actually almost be physical, like full on manifestations when he imagines a snake attacking Davy. And I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting. You can almost use your noise as a weapon. Well, and another thing, you know, obviously the entire film is very much focused on this noise concept. Right. And we hear right in the beginning, you know, for the character of Todd from his father and Okay, sorry, I'm going to sidetrack. Who is the other character, Ben, to the dead? So we have these two They're characters. They're together. They're together, ben right? Like, they have together. a relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, They're lovers. Uh, yeah, so that kind of... It wasn't explicitly stated. It's not stated. explicitly described, but that's all I could think the whole time. So, yes. so what we... Uh, let me set the scene here. So Todd goes back to this farm that his 
father. We one of the characters is his father. Um, and then the other one no, is No, neither one of them are neither his father. Neither one of them is his father? No. Wait, so I missed so something we, completely then you in this did. movie. <laughs> did you not? So when in the later scenes when Viola is reading his mother's journal to him at the very beginning, uh his mother says that his father died before he was born. Oh. And so when when everything happened, she gave Todd to Ben and Killian and told them to Got keep it. him safe. And I think she gave them to them because they were gay and they probably were more empathetic. Um, it was my assumption. I don't know, but they did a bad descri- They did a bad job of kind of cementing that the relationship between those two characters. Oh, absolutely. And Josh and I talked about this earlier. I feel like I just have a little bit strong understanding because I watched this movie twice. And so I feel like I caught things the second time I didn't the first time <laughs> because they don't do the best job of really connecting all the dots. They spread them so far throughout the movie that you kind of forget each one. And, and I would say, you know, I would agree with you. So I, I think that there is a, a main plot that drives this forward. And that, you know, is that this character of uh, Daisy Ridley, Viola, crash lands into Earth or into this new world, I should say. This is not Earth. And, <laughs> right. you know, the most of the movie follows Tom Holland's character, Todd. Um, I, Tom and Todd is so odd because I want to say Tom. I want to interchange right? those both. Yeah. <laughs> and he is basically trying to save her from the rest of the townspeople. That's what the main... But then, like you said, you get these side stories trying to explain things, but they're so right. small, and they don't really give you a lot of insights into right. the characters. Because, well, so you... One of the first things that you notice um, is that there are no women in this settlement called Prentice Town, and so, you know, Viola landing there is unique because he taught even says he's like, I've never seen a girl. Yeah. So like he was raised with absolutely no women in his life. So this is the first time. And this is when we realize that women on this planet do not have a noise. You cannot see or hear their thoughts. So this is a struggle that Todd has because he can't control his noise, which is another thing that we learn is people have different levels of control over their noise. The mayor is probably the best. You almost never see his noise. And he controls it in a way that can also control the other members. He uses this chant that's like, I am the circle, the circle is me. And um, like, but Todd cannot, which she struggles with throughout the whole thing, giving so much stuff away because of his Because <laughs> he can't focus. Like he has this yeah. line, what does he say? My, na- my name is yes, Todd I, Hewitt. I my Todd name Hewitt. is Todd I Hewitt. Todd. Yeah. yeah, he, he says, says over, that over and over, and over again. again. To try and hide his noise or his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I wrote down actually control your noise is like my second note because that is said to us probably 10 or 15 times in yes. the first like 15 minutes of the movie so you you come to understand very quickly that some characters are better or men are better at controlling their noise than others are and, right. and like you said the mayor is actually not only able to control his noise but is actually able to influence others. So you realize yes. that this noise can actually be kind of weaponized in a in a way. Yeah, it's it's super interesting how like you, the more you learn about like the noise, the more it, it becomes kind of its own thing and um, very powerful on its own. And you actually see this happen when so we come to understand that uh, Daisy Ridley characters of Viola uh, comes to this planet with a group of other astronauts who are all men. Yes, and they are part of what's called the second wave. So as we come to understand the characters who are in the new world already, were part of this new wave, first, first wave, wave yeah. settlement, new wave. <laughs> I'm going in a different film uh, direction. Yeah. <laughs> and she's part of the second wave of explorers that was coming and they were late. So they're trying to, they're part of a scout team. But when they come down in their pod, their spaceship, 
all of the men immediately develop the noise yeah. and everyone freaks out. Yep. And I don't did they all start taking off their harnesses? Is that what happened at one point? I think so. Well, because it, it seems that as soon as they entered the atmosphere is when the noise appeared for the men. Yes. But I, yeah, I think they unstrapped themselves from the harnesses. I don't know if like that was going to help them when they crashed or like what happened. It didn't but, make much sense. Like No, because she's the only survivor and I'm not sure how. Me either, because she unstraps herself. Like the whole crash scene didn't make sense, but essentially no what ended up happening is we we saw two you know one important thing is that that when men land on this planet they develop this thing called the noise right and that's it and then women don't like yeah. that's that's yeah. how we really discover but that one of the things i thought was weird was number one no one heard this crash even though it seems like the crash is not that far away from todd's farm and then two is how long after the crash was Viola there because she had time to bury all of the members and she set up this like kind of almost camp and went to Todd's farm to steal food. And I also thought, you know, why is she already afraid of them? She knows nothing about them. The first settlement is, you know, supposed to be part of their group. So why was she already wary of them? You know, yeah, when it, she sees Todd, she immediately runs away. I never really thought of that, but that does make a lot of sense. But you know something that I thought of as I was watching, probably when I got to this part of the movie, is here's where I think we run into some sci-fi tropes, right? <laughs> right in this part is, you know, I feel like Dust Bowl era Americana is always the setting and the clothing style of like just your yeah. standard sci-fi movie. And that's exactly what we get here. Yeah, it's almost this like kind of rustic sci-fi. I think like they they do that in like Firefly a little yeah. bit too. It's like this weird, yeah. And it's so fascinating to me because we learn later on that they arrived with all this tech and all this stuff to create you know, infrastructure advanced, on the planet. Yeah, yeah, like civilization. But I guess in Prentice Town, they decided they just wanted to live in the Old West. <laughs> well, and they and they have, though, some like, it feels like this. I was also going to continue and say, you know, it's a mixture of that Dust Bowl era, you know, clothing and, and setting. But then also they have like year 3000 tech and weapons. You know right, what I mean? Like their yeah. weapons are like next level for no reason. And they're running on horseback, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> this whole bizarre, like, like juxtaposition. Um, but it, it's funny. So we learn after, cause I guess they, um, I think they get Viola eventually because obviously Todd's noise sucks and he can't yes. hide it. So <laughs> they, they find out he's keeping a secret because they try to hide. They, he tries to hide her for a second. And then the, he goes and tells the mayor about her. And that's actually where we discover how powerful the noise can be because yes. the mayor actually takes a posse and they chase down the, the you know Daisy Ridley. And he like does this. It's almost like a trap, like this yeah. little circular trap that she falls into that she sees, well, but yeah, it's not real. Because he can he projects images that are so real that it's hard for people to differentiate. And so, you know, he seems to be the most powerful, like, with his noise. And so when they get her, I think it's around this time that, like, I either Todd or someone explains that essentially... Oh, yeah, Todd explains to Viola that the reason why there's no women in the settlement is because the local uh, or, like, the native species, species yeah. called the spackle killed all the women um, during some sort of war. And I always thought this was, like, before I learned everything else, I thought this was weird because I was like, why the women? Yeah. Why not the and I was like, unless these creatures know that if they kill women that – the humans can't repopulate and therefore they'll eventually just die off. And that was my question too, because 
Well, my other thought was, I think that's how it was explained, is that the creatures killed the women because they don't have the noise. Because what we we right. come to find out, we do meet one of the creatures later on in the movie, that the creatures, the, the, speckle, the speckle, have the noise. noise like, yeah. that's how they, I, I'm guessing, communicate or something like mouths. that. Because they have no mouths. So yeah, I assume true. the noise is how they communicate. But it's interesting because the humans can't hear the speckle's noise. That's true. And I don't know if it's just because it's like a language barrier thing or because the way human brains are or what the deal is. But yeah. And I mean, basically what happens in the movie after this is after uh, they capture Viola, then I don't know, I guess Todd has second thoughts. He feels bad and wants to help save her. So there's, of course, like this whole rescue. But another important thing that's discovered is the mayor, we find, has a new motivation. Right. He He knows that there's another ship coming. After, you know, uh, Viola's character and that he wants to take over that ship so that he can control the entire planet. Yes. Which Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. So when he first said that, I was like, I don't get what his deal is because at what's this, his motivation yeah at this point in the film we only know prentice town exists yeah. we only know about this one settlement and i'm like wouldn't he be grateful because they're if we're following what we've been told up to now like wouldn't he be grateful that they're bringing women and other like technology and other things to help develop like the land and you would the think thing. yeah like there's probably more supplies i mean absolutely. we're told that the ship holds four thousand people so. exactly so i'm like i don't understand why you're trying to take it over and he was like oh they're gonna be in hypersleep so it should be easy and i was like so what you're gonna kill four thousand people like what are you talking about you know another character that we're introduced to right in the beginning uh, and, and then throughout this movie, as they're starting to chase down, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley's character, the posse and the mayor and everything like that is, uh, this preacher character. Oh, freaking preacher, man. He's played by, uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name as well, but he's played by David, is Aluwalu? Aluwalio, I think is what, um, <laughs> it's O-Y-E-L-O-W-O. Um, he's probably one of his most famous Oye roles. Oye Lowo. I cannot say that. Oye Lowo. Uh, <laughs> he's probably most famous as MLK and Selma. That's probably one of his more popular yes. roles. But he's in mm-hmm. a lot of movies yeah. and shows as well. I also think he's com- this character is completely wasted on me. Truly. it Well, so he's clearly set up as the almost like, he's kind of the, main antagonist in a way because he's the main aggressor but um True. and he apparently when we find out later he was also the main catalyst for the women you know dying in prentice town but it just feels like yeah it, they definitely waste he was almost kind of like a, a minute man a well, little bit we, i mean also what's it's kind of established like his noise looks very different from many yes. of the other characters so he's obviously powerful has figured out how to control noise but is kind of this like firebrand preacher. Like yes. you would, if he was in a you know Dust Bowl era movie or Western, he would be that you know you're going to hell and sinners are going to hell kind of yes. a person. Because he does uh, his noise is constantly in the same thing. It's like truth demands a martyr, yeah. sinner judgment. It's very it's like, one note, and, yeah. and we never really get enough backstory to his character to, for me to really sympathize with him in one way or another. Right. Well, and then his noise too. I'm like, who is he? Who is this directed at? Who does he think? is the sinners who does he think is the people that need to be judged and when he says truth demands a martyr i'm like well who's the martyr and why are they martyring themselves for what truth like yeah, what it doesn't it, yeah it, it really isn't a lot of explanation and uh, <laughs> it just made me think of something so when todd and viola uh, do end up escaping the posse of the sheriff so they go on they start trying to go to another settlement that's what their motivation is to get away from prentice town 
Viola grabs this motorbike from the farm oh, and yeah. Todd sets out on a horse. Oh my god. And they end up going over this ledge. Yes. Both of them. Okay, I was gonna say we have to talk about this. Oh, we have to talk about this. So <laughs> one, let's talk about Viola's crash. So she's going at least sixty miles an hour. Right? Like over yes. this cliff. And I'm not just talking like this is a hill. Well, this is a legit the, cliff. Because the camera view of her going over is at least 100 feet. <laughs> is at least, what, 100, 200 feet? It has to be. It has to be. That looks insane. I was like, you would die from that. She crashes the bike and then flips off of it. I'm like, she's shattered every bone in her body. Uh, like, she's absolutely. at least cracked a rib. Nothing. Just gets up with a bruise on her just face. Just dust herself off. Like, oh, I have a bruise. Why is it always when they crash in action movies like this or, or sci-fi that, like, the biggest wound they have is, like, a dusty cheek and a little cut across yeah, their face? I'm like, no gashes anywhere. I'm like, no. I fell off of a bicycle going, like... Five miles an hour? <laughs> I mean, not even. Going, like, 0.27 miles per hour. I fell off my bicycle and I broke my wrist in three places and I fractured both my radius exactly. and my ulna. That's what I'm like, saying. You know, she like, has at least three <laughs> cracked ribs and two broken arms from absolutely. this crash. Like, absolutely. But and anyway, the worst part is Todd. Yes. Goes over this In a horse. On a horse. So, of course, God, that rhymed. So, of course, <laughs> of the course, horse. Of course, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the horse breaks a leg, which how does the horse do, but none of the humans oh, yeah. do? No. So, the, the horse breaks a leg. But Todd is fine. The horse doesn't roll on him, doesn't break his leg. He doesn't break an arm. He doesn't, I mean, I don't even think there's a scratch on him. No, no, he's perfectly fine and then has to kill his horse because he has a broken leg. Which, by the way, the amount of animal murder in this movie was unsettling to me. (laughs) It made me sad. I really do get upset when I see horses die a lot in movies and I feel like it's so unnecessary. I'm like, can you stop with the killing of the horses? Like, just, I, I can't. It really gets me. Oh, but my goodness. Yeah, that that whole scene, I was like, this, this is absurd. It's, a, it's absurd. <laughs> and it's somehow a- stops the rest of them from coming after them. Yeah, I don't know why, because they could have easily just gone down. We saw a path down. It's like they could have easily they followed just got them off and their horses and then them, but went on foot. That, yeah, anyway. Um, so you know, they do end up going to another settlement. And, and what we discover in that other settlement is that there are women Women on this and, planet. and younger children. Yeah, so there yeah. are other settlements then that are established on this planet right. that have gone obviously in a different direction than Prentice Town has. Yes. Well, it's so interesting because at this point, Todd never knew. Because what I also realized was Todd and Davy were the only two young men. The rest were all mm. older. So Todd and Davy were the only two babies at the time when all the women were murdered. Um, so this is the first time he knows that there's other settlements at all. And then when he gets there, obviously this is his first time seeing other women and young children. And we, when we see Far Branch, we realize they are far more advanced. They have actual modern farming tools. They have herds of animals. Um, and then there seems to be like a lot more like equipment. And they seem, yeah, so they seem to be a little bit more advanced. Than and a better town. sense of community as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, in general. But then, of course, you know, kind of skipping ahead, this is where we get a lot of the big reveals and plot points. Yes. As the, the two characters of Todd and Viola get to Far Branch? Far Branch. Far Branch. Yeah, I want to say mm-hmm. Far Reach. For some reason, I'm going to say Far Reach. I'm not, I'm not that good actually with names would make sense. <laughs> it would make sense, right? <laughs> but we get the reveal that, you know, uh, because during, I, I left out an important part, during this, we do run into one of the native species, the Spackle. Right. And they're kind of lackluster. They're, they're just these kind of humanoid, I don't know how to describe them, this, this faceless humanoid characters that obviously have noise, but... Right. They kind of look a little bit like your typical alien, but yeah, like they're humanoid and then 
yeah, they they speak of Spackle. Well, he says they they come across a Spackle village, but they only run across one. one meant like Spackle, and that's the only time they're seen throughout the rest of this film. We don't. see And they're talking about so much, especially in the yeah. beginning, that they're these evil, you know, scary creatures, right. and we don't really see them throughout the entire yeah. movie. And I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. I although I did like Viola's comment to Todd before we find out the truth when she because he calls them aliens, and she's like, well, aren't we the aliens? Because yeah, we're on their planet. We're on their planet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like they're not really the aggressors. Technically, they're the aggressors. They just decided to come and take over their planet. No, I, I mean you're totally right. But anyway, we get to know the big, you know, discovery spoilers here that it wasn't the spackle that killed all the women in Prentice Town. It was actually basically the mayor and the preacher who caused Cause all, all the other men to murder all the women. Right, yeah. It said that um, essentially they grew angry at the women because they couldn't see or hear their thoughts. They didn't trust them as much. Yeah, so they ended up punishing them and then I guess the preacher at one point had said that the women don't have noise because they have no souls. So this is the way they kind of end up getting the men to go against the women and yeah, and they kill them all, which like, oh, dude. Doesn't make sense. Like, like that story doesn't make sense because, you know, all these people were obviously space travelers. At least the elderly were space travelers at one yes. point to come here and colonize and repopulate. And I understand things can go Lord of the Flies here, right, but like, yeah. this seems to be an extreme. But the thing is, like, these are advanced people like i feel like you know you there most has, of them have to be engineers right like yes, you wouldn't exactly. be selected as explorers if you weren't some, like an engineer right. or a farmer like you're or gonna have like, even expertise like an educated it, expertise right so i'm like so confused as to why all of a sudden they just go full on like you know just yeah like he's like lord of the flies level and then on top of that too i'm just like what what okay also with Far Branch, even though they're more peaceful, as a woman, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, this feels like Nightmare Town to me. I don't want to know <laughs> men's thoughts. Town. Like, I don't want to hear their thoughts. I think it's really funny that in Far Branch, they just have to separate the men and women's sleeping quarters because, like, when men dream, they're, they're, so, always, loud. they're so loud. And I'm like... Can you imagine sleeping next to that? Fuck that. No, listen... <laughs> I just, at this point, I'd be like, I'm lesbian. I can't do it. <laughs> I, <laughs> men already make enough noise as it is without having noise. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I, I totally agree. Like, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, we haven't gotten all the way to the end yet, but I, I want to ask some, some of your thoughts on the uh, additional thoughts on the movie, Jade. Do you have a favorite character maybe in this show that you can think of? Oh, God. I mean, I guess... Maybe Todd, only because yeah. there's these really funny moments with his thoughts where, because he has a crush on Viola and he keeps imagining situations <laughs> with her. And then he keeps saying things out loud about like wanting to like kiss her or have her like stay. Like she imagine or he imagines her saying like, no, Todd, I want to stay here with you. Kiss me. <laughs> and it's really or, funny. Or like, ah, uh, uh, there's like the whole time he's always like, Yellow hair, pretty, yeah, pretty. Oh, hair. I like her voice, so nice. <laughs> and she's like, she'll like turn to him in scenes and go, "What?" And she's like, no, "Nothing, nothing. Like, ignore, ignore that. Ignore that. that. Stop. Yeah. I'm sorry." <laughs> I think I think Todd's the default you know, character. I yeah. actually enjoy the character of the mayor. Like, I I think that yeah. Mads Mikkelsen does justice to a protagonist that's somewhat believable. Yeah. Because you know his motivation is just to become more powerful and to you know have control over everyone. And I think that Mads Mikkelsen makes a great bad guy. He does. You know. Yeah. You know what my least favorite character is in this movie though is probably the character of nick jonas like we haven't really talked about him much but the yeah. character of nick jonas well the character he plays which yeah. is the mayor's son yeah he doesn't really have a character he, no. he has like 10 lines in the entire movie like we said yeah 
he brings there's nothing not to much the emotional table. range. It's well, just kind of this. He's a lackey to the mayor. Also, I'm confused because I'm like, did his father tell him what actually happened? Like, because he doesn't seem surprised he doesn't. by anything, even though he seems to be the same age as Todd and would have also just grown up not knowing anything that happened so the whole time i'm like either he had to have known the entire time which i'm like how are you okay with that like knowing that your dad murdered your mother or like he just has no reaction to the truth of the matter like he's just okay with it he has no emotional right he all i mean he is a just lackey to the mayor yeah that's it he just does whatever anything else to do Mm -hmm. yeah um what, how about maybe a treasure or, or favorite thing about this movie? Oh, gosh. I mean, probably just I enjoyed how they portrayed the noise and mm. kind of the train of thought that people have. I think that's a very difficult thing to do to project thoughts like because thoughts are erratic and they come in spurts and not everyone has very clear thoughts and so that was interesting that they went with both verbal and visual like thoughts um i think it was really well done i think that's a very hard task to take on i i agree and i'd even take that a step further i I think the special effects in this movie are top notch i mean right for a sci-fi movie that's kind of what you come to expect but i mean it's really both creative and inventive the way that they show the noise i also think the sound editing is very good in this movie i mean it's something that's often overlooked because i feel like as you know moviegoers we just expect sound to be good (laughs) right but i think a, a combination of the noise mixed with you know music and other elements in this movie make for a really interesting, you know, just overall audio experience. So I, I oh, think definitely, definitely the, the technical aspects of this film are probably its strongest and, and at least my favorite portion of this movie. 100% agree. I think like, like I said, like, and just a visual adaptation that they created for the noise. And I actually think the creature design for the spackle was pretty cool too. Yeah. I just, I was disappointed that we only saw the one. <laughs> so you're leading me to my, you know, what I think is trash about this movie. And that is... For a sci-fi movie with known aliens, right. known, you know, other forms of life, we get one monster or or one alien. And for all that we get talked about, we talk about them in the film, we don't get a lot of backstory on who they are, and we don't get a lot of up-close encounters with them. No, I would have expected a little bit more. I actually, I think, I mean, this is based off of a book, so this, they might have been trying to go truer to the source material, but I think it would have been more interesting if maybe Far Branch at one point had created a relationship with the Spackle, and it was like very symbiotic, and they helped each other, and that would have been really interesting to kind of see, and then maybe the Spackle helped back them up against Prentice Town when they like arrived and attacked them. I would have to agree. I mean, it, you know, I think that's just the for me the biggest like trash thing about this whole thing is we have this whole story built up about the spackle and then we get one interaction and that's it and we're just expected to say okay great exactly yeah they could have used them more utilized them a little bit more unless like i said they plan on creating the trilogy i don't know um, i don't know if i'm in jade for another trilogy but <laughs> for a trilogy on this particular movie but uh what, what's maybe something that's trash for you in this film just the the preacher was a waste i Agreed. Actually, I really liked the concept of this character, but he didn't actually bring anything to the story. I think they could have found a more creative, interesting way to involve him that was more than just, I'm just going to spout out Bible things and be angry and kill a dog. 
Yeah, it was not. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. He Which, dry, he drowns <laughs> he the dog the for dog. no reason. Like, so he there's a scene where he chases the characters, you know, uh, Viola and Todd, and then there's a dog that is what's his name? Is it Manchi? Manchi. Manchi's his uh, dog that that follows Todd around throughout the whole movie, and the preacher catches him and drowns him in one scene. And it's just yeah. like why? It's just it, a waste. It's, it's yes. I don't understand. I was like, whoa, okay, like dog sure. killer preacher. Excuse and me. And that's all we get is that this this guy's a preacher. He says crazy like apocalyptic things yes and yeah. he hates women Apparently like he's only ever read revelations <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just not interesting like i needed no. more backstory or or more understanding of his motivation because yes. it well, just he was very one note and then they tried to redeem him in the end so when he catches up with viola he even tells her at one point where he he says kill me kill me because he feels this overwhelming guilt for having been, you know, the the catalyst for killing all Which the women. Which was not clear to me. No, uh, we, well, and that's yeah, the thing is, like, was we not clear didn't to see me. it until that moment. And he says, at one point, he says, I couldn't tell the voice of God from the noise. So clearly he harbors some guilt, but that's the first time we've seen it. And then he finally tells her, purify me. I am the sinner. Baptize me with fire. And she sets him on fire. And I was like... I yeah. didn't see any of that. So you know what's funny about that scene that I didn't have an understanding of? So, you know, they, they have this confrontation, Viola and, and the preacher, and she does set him on fire. But I was confused as to if that was him as like an apparition of the noise or if that was actually him. So I, I didn't know until the end of the movie if he had actually died or not. Yeah, well, and the, the fire part was actually a little confusing at first, too, because he manifests his noise as fire. So, yes. and we've learned that the noise can actually physically affect you, which, uh, who is it? The um, the mayor does that when he projects multiple versions of himself. And yes. one of his selves actually, like, pushes Todd. And so, um, you know, I was wondering, too, I was like, did he light himself on fire with his <laughs> noise? But I think she lights him on fire. But anyways. So to go yeah. back to maybe something a little more enjoyable, one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie, Jade, is when... The character of Todd imagines himself actually making out with yes. Daisy Ridley. And he like, there's a moment where they're sitting in the rain and they're having a conversation about something, you know, just it's talking. Like personal about their lives, their parents. And then he like, it's that classic, like he leans in for a kiss and they start making out. And you're like, oh, wow, that's odd. But OK, neat. And then as he's making out with her, she goes, Todd, what are you doing? And you, st- she vanishes. So he had apparated from the noise, her being yep. kissing him, and she's looking over at this happening. Like, like what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, no, was so embarrassed. It that to me was like one of the best uses of that whole oh noise, and absolutely it made me laugh because so it was much. it was funny and it was cute. And then you also see a little bit that like he genuinely is not like trying to be pervy because uh, he was gets embarrassed and he's like i'll leave i'll leave and yeah. he like leaves the little shelter and goes and sits out in the rain by himself <laughs> um but i thought this was kind of interesting because the reality is is you're gonna have those thoughts and you can't hide them and it's doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. You People fantasize about people all the time and you form crushes. And it's like, if your thoughts are projected, I mean, God, like that's I was just going to say, you know, the, the thoughts, I will say, and I know they focus on this kind of teenage character of Todd. So maybe he's a little more innocent, but... I would have to imagine that this these thoughts are the noise is pretty PG for what most people oh, are going to be thinking absolutely. all the time. <laughs> I, I was telling Josh earlier, I was like, if women could have the noise, my thoughts would be rated X, especially <laughs> at nighttime when you dream. I'm like, hello, are you, are 
you kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> I got like the one guy in Far Branch, the mayor's dad, he's like dreaming about baseball. I'm like, okay. Mm, maybe. <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm like, that's a really PG thoughts right there. <laughs> uh, did you have a favorite scene though, Jade? Oh, God. Well, that, that was definitely one of them. Um, I actually also... I will say I enjoyed the very last scene um, when Todd wakes up after being shot. They killed Prentice and they realized they're building the second settlement. And him and Viola had this kind of moment. And then he thinks, is she going to kiss me? <laughs> and she just smiles on him and then hands him his clothes and walks away. And I died laughing because before like she did that, I was like, no. The answer is no. <laughs> <The answer> is no. <laughs> You know, there was, so they did do kill Prentice at the end. You know, Todd manifests multiple versions of his mother and, and like, you know, it's that classic bad guy falls off a cliff yeah. kind of a thing. I feel like the, the death of Mads Mikkelsen in this was kind of a waste for the type of character he was. But it was anticlimactic. It was. You it, know? it didn't give me anything. No, I, I don't know. I think there could have been something a little bit grander or like, I, I don't know, it would have been interesting if instead of killing him right off, the second wave came and then arrested him. Yeah. And then kind of got to the bottom of some things, you know, and I don't know. I... The that was whole, a missed opportunity. I think the whole ending for me kind of fell flat. Like I wrote down right here, I was looking at my last note, and I just said, that's the end? Yeah. That's it? Like, uh, it just kind of ends. Yeah, because well, yeah, all it is is like Todd gets shot, he passes out, and then it goes he's to okay. back, and then it opens up, and then like he's inside of the ship, and then they're like rebuilding the monorail and setting up a new settlement. And I'm like, oh, that, oh, okay. Which again, that's why I was like, I don't know if this whole thing was set up to create another film um, or not. I feel like maybe it is. Maybe it. I mean, I guess it. I don't know if they be. will, but yeah. You know, I, I usually write down in these movie reviews a lot of quotes from movies. I found myself. I didn't write down any. I don't think I wrote down any quotes <laughs> in this movie. In fact, the only note I have about quotes is that I, I paused it at one point. I think about forty minutes into the film, and I said. I don't think Daisy Ridley has had more than one line this the first 40 minutes of this film. No. She like says one thing in the shuttle and then doesn't say anything for like 40 minutes. Well, because even Todd says that. He's like, oh my God, she speaks. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole time he didn't think that she talked. And then I wrote this sound something similar too. I was like, we don't learn her name until 50 minutes into the film. That's right. Because she finally comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It was she like, finally yeah, like, she's like, 50, I'm Viola. I'm Viola. And you're like, I guess uh, I only knew because I looked on IMDb and I think... I think it's also in the subtitles, which I, you know, we both watch subtitles yeah, same. on. Same, so. yeah, because they do. They say, like, his name immediately in the subtitles and her. And that was the only way I really knew as well because, yeah, that's why I paused it because I was like, oh, my God, is that the first time we learned her name? And I was like, imagine watching this for the first time, not having looked at IMDb and then not having captions. And you're like, <laughs> what, what is this girl? Who, who am I referencing? So, uh, well, yeah. you know, just to wrap things up, Jade, uh, you know, I feel like we've, we've been – kind of critical of this film but you know I, I think i know where i'm gonna rate it but what what would be your rating on this film so i wrote i've rated this as a shelf um this is another one that like it was a good movie it was a good sci-fi like we said the graphics were amazing the the um sound and then um i just like the concept uh I mean, you could also say that's because of Patrick Ness. This is his <laughs> book series. But um, overall, like, very enjoyable. But, yeah, this is one that I might return to every once in a blue moon on a rainy day. But I wasn't, like, overly hyped about it. Like, you know, I, I have to agree. I think this is a shelf. And I, I think, again, we've talked about some of the redeeming qualities. It's the the noise concept, the whole sci-fi world that they build. 
and the special effects, I think, really sell it. So it's one of yeah. those that if you're, you know, scrolling through Hulu or Amazon Prime, you know how you kind of see some of those movies like that would be neat to watch. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Like if you want to have a yeah. nice movie night and you want to, you know, watch something that's not too hard, but kind of something fun and right. conversational. This is a great movie. It's worth the watch. It's a shelf. Like yeah. that, I, I think that's firmly where it is. Right. Maybe I would watch this again, but it's not something where I'm going to be, you know, talking about it like, oh, this is going to win Oscars. And oh, yeah. wow, this is something that needs to be in a top 100. It's it's a decent movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, that's our movie review of Chaos Walking. And if you want to check that out, it's streaming now on Hulu. It's strange to see everything you're thinking. You know, it's strange for me, too, not knowing what's going on in your head. I mean, I don't know. You might not like my dog or you want to hit me over the head with a rock or something. I like your dog. If you want to protect the girls, you have to leave now. Keep you safe, safe. Keep you safe. Safe. With her power, there's no telling what he can do. So once again, that was our movie review of Chaos Walking, streaming now on Hulu if you want to watch that if you haven't already. But I guess now it's time to look ahead at what we're going to be reviewing next, Jade. And I think we've decided on the horror genre once again. Yes. Uh, this actually just got released. It's in theaters now and on HBO Max. Uh, it's Malignant. And it's directed by James Wan, who's no stranger to the horror genre. <laughs> he directed the original Saw, and uh, right. I think he wrote maybe some of the uh, subsequent, but he directed the first yeah, he one. he did like, produce on the other ones. And then The Conjuring, of course. He right. was a part of that film. And there was something else here, but uh, I can't remember what else he directed. But also the cast looks really good in this. I mean, you have Annabelle Wallace. Yes. Who is best known for... Peaky Blinders. There we go. Yep. Yes. I just love <laughs> having to talk about that every time. Oh, I want to feel like it's always coming from me. <laughs> but then also we have a star from the... Probably most well-known for the... Um, what am I thinking of? Handmaid's Tale is probably one of her best. Also, I, Tanya. Uh, Are you talking about McKinnon Grace? McKinnon Grace, yeah. yeah I was just looking for her it, name. <laughs> yeah, so she is, I think, most notorious for playing the young version of characters in TV shows. So she's been in, like... Blonde female characters. Blonde, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, like, the young Sabrina, young Tanya Harding. She's, yes. like, I think, yeah, yeah, she's in Handmaid's Tale. She's, yeah... Uh, very well known, but never quite the lead. And one more actress I recognize is Maddie Hassan, but I, I can't think of anything that she's actually been in. I, I'm trying to think of, because she has a familiar face. So I would say probably the biggest title uh, for her was the TV show Twisted that was on ABC Family. Oh, I feel like I've heard of this, but I never watched it. Uh, yeah, and, and she... I guess she also was a lead role in I Saw the Light with Tom Hiddleston. Oh, okay. So she's still kind of a little bit of an unknown. So I'm interested to see her performance in this film. Anyway, this looks like uh, it's been widely talked about. I feel like I've seen the trailer a billion times over the past, (laughs) I don't know, a couple of weeks that this movie's been dropping. So uh, if you want to check that out, uh, Malignant is now streaming on, I think it's, is it Hulu? It's HBO Max. HBO Max. I'm I'm all over the place. My brain is all over the place right now. It's also in theaters. So if you want to see it in theaters as well, it's available there. Speaking of something that's also going to be streaming on HBO Max, I feel like you haven't been paying attention to just social media in general this week if you didn't see the new Matrix trailer that dropped. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, the memes that have come out about this, the commentary (laughs) from, you know, creators, the trailer... 
It was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see where they take the story. I know. I mean, of course, you know, Quantum Reeves comes back as Neo. We do know that uh, so far. There's not really a plot or much known about this movie yet, aside from the trailer. It's called actually The Matrix Resurrections, is what they're calling Which it. Which makes sense. <laughs> Here's one thing that I'm nervous about, Jade, is just by watching the trailer. I feel like it's showing us familiar things. If you, of course, watch the original series, it's showing us, it seems like almost a remake of the first Matrix. And I mean, of course, I'm going to watch it and I'm sure I'll love it because it's Keanu Reeves. But I mean, Keanu Keanu Reeves. Um, (laughs) But I'm just nervous that this is just going to be a rehashing of what we already know. Yeah, I'm a little curious because where we left off on the third film and... You mean with everyone dead? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's dead, right? Yeah, and not only that, but it's like it seems like based on the trailer that Neo is back in this like the alternate... They're like the fake world and he's taking the blue pills to stay in the fake world and then... Um, someone, of course, we see more the new Morpheus, which we're not exactly sure why he's not Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, why Um, is he not? I mean, they're all kind of fake characters anyway. I mean, they're in the Matrix yeah. at least. You don't age, so. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just super interesting. And then um, apparently it's kind of the same thing. He's like, oh, let me show you the reality. And he gets brought back into the world of the Matrix. So well, Also, Carrie Ann Moss is back, who also died in the original trilogy right, as, as Trinity. Trinity. So, and then Jada Pinkett Smith as Nio- like Niobe. Yeah, I um, mean, so I don't quite. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more reveal that leading up. It's, it comes right. out in December, but I, I mean, closer to it, we'll probably understand more of the plot and more, we'll get more trailers. But currently, I'm like, what in the world? But as of right right now, the visuals that I've seen in the trailers look absolutely oh, incredible. It's everything that you would expect from well, a Matrix movie. And a part of me is almost like. I feel like they resurrected, pun intended, this film <laughs> franchise simply because of the technology we have now. And I almost feel like they were like, I want to make the film the way I wanted to make it back in 1999. But not in a Ju- George Lucas way to ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I feel like they were kind of like, let's take that concept and then let's take the new tech and then make it the way we wanted to make it. I, that could be very much the motivation. One thing I love, though, is, you know, we watched this together and we were talking about, you know, just being blown away in 1999 by the visual effects of the original series. Yeah. And now just watching the trailer, you realize, like, wow, how much visual effects have progressed in 20 years. Oh, Absolutely. And I mean, just how clean this movie is probably going to look. I mm. mean, yeah, I just I'm beyond excited. I, from what I've seen so far, I think it's just going to be visually, at least, absolutely incredible. And like we said, another great thing, if you have an HBO Max subscription, you can actually watch this the day it gets released in theaters, which right now is December 22nd. Yep. One other funny note that I love, because we were, you know, just want to talk about this for a second, is you look on IMDb and Currently, it just says the plot is unknown. Yeah, plot is unknown. That's all it says about this movie. (laughs) Which I'm like, "Mm, yeah, makes sense. I know. Well, uh, in that case, anything else, Jade, before we uh, wrap things up? Yeah, just uh, remember to rate, review, and follow us. um, And we also have a lot of social media, so just follow us on there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Check us out on our website, uh, artististrash.com. And uh, yeah. Yeah, And then come back next week for our movie review, which is going to be, uh, I almost said chaos walking, but that's what we just (laughs) did. It's going to be malignant. And uh, this week, actually, in our mini-sode on Wednesday, we're going to talk a little bit about 
sequels that are better than the originals or maybe uh, trilogies even that are better uh, somewhere in the series yeah. that are better than the originals. So stick around, stick around for, for our opinions on that. So we'll see you all next week. Get ourselves a treat.